Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Bugnano on Iowa Catholic Radio and online at iowacatholicradio.com or the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Okay, and good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Monsignor Frank Bugnano. Thought of the Week, Thought of the Week. Now, this week, we are going to talk about vocations to the priesthood. I like that. We have priests, but we always will need priests, and some men are called to be priests. And so <laughs> to hap- make that happen or help that to happen, Father Ross Parker is our vocations director for the Des Moines Diocese. And welcome, Father. And I'm going to ask Father a few little questions or whatever. It's going to be with you, Monsignor. Honor and a privilege to be with you on your radio program today. And Always good to see you and uh, speak about one thing I love, obviously, vocations to the priesthood. So I appreciate being on with you. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, so uh, well, why let's start this way. Why don't you tell our listeners uh, about your own vocation? Uh, when did you start thinking about priesthood and et cetera, et cetera? I know it's a different uh, little trail for each one of us. For me, uh, two of my grandmother's first cousins were priests in the Diocese of Des Moines, Monsignor John McElhahn and Jim McElhahn, Father Jim McElhahn, who I don't remember. I'm sure you remember Monsignor, some of uh, the stories of Father Jim. And um, so Monsignor John McElhahn encouraged me as a young person. Uh, My dad's brother is also a priest in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Father Michael Parker, and so uh, he also encouraged us to be thinking about the priesthood along with Father Frank Palmer, my pastor growing up in Indianola, to kind of think about priesthood. And my parents, uh, obviously, were the first ones to encourage us to think about a vocation. Uh, Everyone thought my brother John Paul would be a priest, and he's now happily married with a with a young son but um again thought about priesthood as a as a young man growing up and then went to college and and played sports and did all that and then during my time in college is when I really kind of discerned that you know I was I was called to priesthood and wanted to at least pursue the seminary and so I'm I'm glad I I, I entered the seminary not not as a a 18 year old but i think i was 23 when i started and so that was a good good age for me and grew in some maturity at that time and so again i think just the the people who inspired me to think about priesthood uh those good uh, holy men and women and and uh thanks be to god i've now been ordained i'll be ordained nine years in june so thanks be to god for that so it goes by fast yeah. <laughs> it sure does i didn't know it'd been that long uh, anyway, gosh, that's great. You mentioned uh, Monsignor uh, John McElhahn. Okay. Uh, well, here's uh, Monsignor Joe McDonald. God rest him, Joe. He was pastor at Pius X. He uh, died about eight years ago, I think. Anyway, that was his deal, that he, he was at Dowling, okay, and uh, walking down the hall, big lanky Joe, and walking toward him in the hall was Monsignor McElhahn, Father John McElhahn, and he said, McElhahn stopped me, and he said, Joe, you ought to think about being a priest someday. And then he said he just kept walking, and he said, I couldn't get that out of my mind. I could not get that out of my mind. So you never you never know uh, how that would, uh, you know, what people can say and, 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 and to inspire a young man could be the means of grace for that person. 
Um, so anyway, so what kind of what sort of kept you on the path? You know, because I'm sure there's times it's like, oh, I'm not sure this is the right thing. And what sort of has kept you going? I think one thing you told me, Monsignor, when I was newly ordained is that, you know, we don't need a lot of priests, but we need holy priests. And, and you told me that. And I, that stuck with me is that we need we need men who are men of prayer, first and fundamentally. You know, you can't give what you don't have. And so, you know, first of all, we need to be men of prayer and uh, men of, of the sacraments. And so I think that's what has has kept me going is 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 hopefully a, a prayer life. We're all beginners in prayer, but I always try to spend some time in front of the Blessed Sacrament each day and, and all those good things. And so I think the prayer, prayer life has been what's been fundamental in keeping me um, you know, hopefully, uh, on, on the path and, and on the, um, that, that good relationship with our Lord in prayer. And so as priests, you know, we're, you know, our prayer life is maybe looks different from maybe someone who's married and, and that's okay, you know? And so it's, you know, uh, maybe have, have that time to, to, uh, deepen, you know, that relationship with our Lord in prayer. Great. Well, yes, thank you very much. And also, um, we have, uh, a, of course, a lot of lay people, 99% listening to this program. And so um, maybe uh, what what can our listeners do to become a, you might say, a channel of grace for a young man or a young woman, maybe a young woman that might make a good, very good sister, good nun for us. So what can our listeners, how can our listeners become a channel of grace, you might say. Good. I think two things I encourage people to do is, number one, pray. And so I know people are, are prayer warriors, especially, you know, spending that time uh, in adoration. If you do that, maybe offer some of your, your time in prayer for vocations. And the second thing is to encourage, encourage our young people. Like you mentioned that story about Monsignor McDonald with, with Monsignor McElhan is um, encouraging our young people to be thinking about where God is calling them. As we know, most people are called to, to be married. That's outstanding. But all of our baptized young people should be thinking about, you know, what their vocation is. And so that should include, yeah, for our women, possibly religious life, being a religious sister. Our young men should be thinking about the priesthood. It should just it should be just something that everyone is thinking about and praying about. And so that's where that encouraging piece comes in, whether you're a mom or a dad, an aunt or an uncle or a friend or a family member, is that that encouragement along with the prayer is really important. That's right. So and it's amazing uh, the stories I have heard about. Uh, you know, uh, lay people actually being the ones that spark the vocation. God used that person to spark that call, that vocation. So uh, that might, maybe that might be you. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. So we'll be back in a couple of seconds. So stay with us, Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences. mchs.edu. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Why do I have to vote in a certain way? Hey, neighbor, uh, what happened here? Oh, that candidate stopped by, stole my stuff, burned my house to the ground, kidnapped my children, and poisoned my water supply. That, that's horrible. 
Yeah, but his economic policy's great. As Catholics, we realize that some issues are just more important than others. So even if a candidate is great in one area, if they have even one of the really important issues wrong, there's no way we can vote for them. I mean, even if Hitler were really pro-environment, the fact that his legislation killed millions of people means he's not a good candidate. In the same way, someone who supports the killing of unborn children, euthanasia, or homosexual marriage is someone who doesn't understand the true dignity of the human person. And we can't vote for them, no matter how many jobs they'll create or whales they'll save. For more Young Catholic Minutes, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Established in Des Moines in 1924, St. Vincent de Paul assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient by helping to remove roadblocks on their journey out of poverty. St. Vincent de Paul helps with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner reentry. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul svdpdsm.org Okay, and we're back with Father Ross Parker. Father Ross is our vocations director for the Des Moines Diocese. And uh, could you kind of update us a little bit on stats? First of all, how many seminarians do we currently have, men studying to be priests? What's our current status? Current stats right now is we have 16 men in formation. Thanks be to God for that. And so we're very uh, happy of our, our 16 men at different levels of formation. We'll have three men ordained priests this June. And so we're very grateful to God for that. And we had five men ordained last summer. And so um, we're, we're, we're hanging in there with our vocations numbers. And so we have, but we have, I think the most important thing is we have good holy men uh, who who are discerning, and I think that's the key. Is you know, it's not about the numbers; it's about you know the, right. the men, the men who are who are in. I think so. That's that's good. So we have a good good. We have good both good numbers, I think, and good good holy, uh, decent, virtuous young men who are in formation. Good. Well, thanks, thanks. And uh, now, uh, uh, what do you, do you ever go out to talk to groups about this? Uh, we're on the radio right now, but. Like a Knights, maybe a Knights of Columbus group would like to invite you over to talk about vocations, or maybe there's an altar rosary society. Uh, uh, and uh, do, do you ever do anything like that? I sure do. That's definitely part of my job. Especially a lot of my time is spent traveling, especially you know before the pandemic, <laughs> so that sort of changed everything. But now it seems like this year that I'm kind of able to get back in schools. Uh, speaking to youth groups, speaking to uh, school students, and I also do a lot of work with um, different associations, homeschool uh, students, School of Mary, St. Thomas Academy, and so just being around young people, Dowling Catholic and uh, St. Albert in all of all of our um all of our our schools and so i spent a lot of my time doing that but i would love uh, if you invite me i'd be honored to come talk to any any group that's part of my job talk about vocations and especially how we can encourage vocations uh and things like that and so yeah any any anyone out there listening if you want to invite me um make it happen to come uh, visit your group Good. Well, thank you. So, okay. So, 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 how do we how do we get a hold of you? What how do we how do we get in touch with you? So, if you go on the Des Moines Diocese dot org as our website, you can find all my contact information, my email, and also my phone number. 
My email is rparker at dmdiocese.org or my my phone number is 515-237-5050. So usually email is a good way to get a hold of me. I try to be attentive to my emails. And so email is, is usually the best. And then I can write things in my planner. So I'm for a millennial, I'm pretty low tech. I keep everything handwritten, so I I don't keep things on my phone. And I do it all through my 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 planner and that. So anyway, oh, it makes me feel good, T. Was man, okay. So okay, so a person could just call the Des Moines Diocese, and the reception says Des Moines Diocese, and they say, well, please can I talk to the vocations director, vocations office. So a call. Just call the Des Moines Diocese if you don't, or if you're not very techy, you know. Uh, okay, good. Well, now t- tell us a little more about your work. Uh, what are what are your responsibilities? I bet you've got a lot of them. Yeah, so I wear many hats, and so the first thing is vocation director, and we also I'm also once a man is in seminary formation, then I'm also basically overseeing that process as well and so that used to be a little different in our diocese but now that's kind of merged under our our vocations office i'm also the uh, chaplain for the saint thomas more center so catholic youth camp if, if anybody's familiar with that i'm there you know during the summers uh for, for many of the weeks i'm also the uh, vicar for the permanent diaconate so i i i um I report to Bishop about the permanent deacons, and luckily they're they're doing a tremendous job, and so I don't usually have any negative things to report, and so they're usually uh, on the ball with with good things, and so Kathy, uh, who works with me in the office, you know, we we basically are in charge of of the vocations outside of marriage. We have a marriage and family life office, uh, and so. Uh, Adam uh, Story is in charge of that office, and so basically Kathy and I are with all the all the vocations uh, besides marriage, and so it keeps us keeps us hopping, keeps us busy, and so all really really good things uh, to do, and and also don't want to you know discount the work with young women who are discerning mm. religious life and and work with those women to try to help them find a convent, a religious community that would be a good fit for them, and then. That kind of turned them over to to the community, and that's how that works for our, our religious women. Uh, and so we definitely don't want to discount that, but it's just not as um, maybe evident to us. To we don't see as many of our our young women because we don't have as many of the um, religious communities in our diocese. Mm-hmm. So uh, if a, if a girl is is drawn to become a nun, or some, usually I, I would imagine that they are uh, should be drawn to a specific congregation. Mm-hmm. She might know a nun in a particular, a mercy nun or something. So they could come to you. It's not just boys, men, male, female as well. And they could call you or come visit you and say, hey, look, I think I want to be a nun. I'm not sure. But you would guide them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so the, I think that I have about uh, five women I'm working with right now, Ooh. thanks be to God, uh, with looking at religious life. And about maybe uh, uh, six or seven have uh, joined uh, different uh, convents uh, around the country. And so, yeah, so I also work with women. But again, I'm not in charge of their formation once they join a community. I think that's that's the difference between the seminarians 
and the religious women. So that's a that, that's a, a good question. I never want to leave that part out because obviously it's it's so important as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and also uh, listening listening to us today, we have a, a lot of men, I, I suppose as well, and uh, maybe they're married and they might be interested in the diaconate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I know a lot of guys say, "I wonder if I should become a deacon." So. Um, well, they could call you, come and see you, and you can kind of say, well, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, listen, we're with Father Ross Parker, who is the Director of Vocations for the Des Moines Diocese. We'll be right back. Iowa Catholic Radio. St. Vincent de Paul helps so many people. You're right, Zoe. St. Vincent de Paul Executive Director Steve Havman here. We are serving over 32,000 local residents with food, clothing, furniture, and financial assistance annually. We invite you to learn more about all of our life-changing programs that positively impact so many Iowans by simply Googling St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines. Our mission is to help those in need become self-sufficient through education, community connectedness, and unconditional support. Help us help others. Even kids! Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsara.org, join org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Savage Power. At Intervisions Healthcare, we see patients with unplanned pregnancies from ages 12 to 43. An unplanned pregnancy is traumatic at any age. For that reason, we specialize in educating, encouraging, and empowering vulnerable and at-risk mothers facing an unexpected pregnancy with the medical information and services necessary for them to make an informed decision. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support our mission or become a volunteer, visit IVHcare.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Blessman International. According to a global food security report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help them all, but how about one? One child. Blessman International provides 60,000 children in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back again with Father Ross Parker talking about vocations to religious life, uh, diaconate, and mainly priesthood. As the Father is in charge of all that. I don't know how he does it all. But uh, anyway, so he, and so if, if, if a young person or any person, maybe even a middle-aged man interested in the diaconate, uh, thinking, my golly, you know, I, I've been thinking about this. Get a hold of this man. Get a hold of our wonderful priest, Father Ross Parker head of uh, vocations um, okay tell us uh, about that uh, t- how do you so a young man comes w- wants to join the seminary so how do you vet him what's the vetting process yes we have a very involved application process with with our with our seminary uh, candidates and so they go through an application and they they we do a psychological evaluation which is very important, and sometimes people think, "Well, why do we need to do that?" I think it's it. First of all, it helps. You know, there's there's no substitute for self knowledge. Um, I think Socrates said that. You know, and so there's no there's no substitute to to know thyself. And so the psychological evaluation is pretty in depth, but it helps a man kind of get to know themselves and, and know those areas of their life where maybe they need some 
uh, extra help and formation. Uh, we also have a, a panel interview, and so we rely on others. Other, we have a priest. We have um, and usually three or four more people who interview the candidate and, and then get get a a sense of the person and maybe some things that I didn't pick up on or things like that. And then finally, the the, the young man meets with the bishop and. Hopefully the bishop accepts them. And um, most of the time, you know, uh, sometimes if, if a man is not ready, I'll kind of say, well, let's work on a few things before you enter into the seminary and, and some uh, some personal growth. And um, and so that's always an option. And so always uh, with the mind of, of working with the candidate and, and trying to help them through the, the formation process. So it's, it's, it's pretty rigorous. Uh, but I think that's okay. You know, that, that, that's a it's a rigorous process. Okay, so a young man wants to comes to you and says, "Gee, I think I'm inter- interested in the priesthood. Uh, I have just graduated from college or whatever. So, what are the steps? I mean, what it's going to take? How many years? Or what? what how's that work?" Mm-hmm. Good question. So there's actually a new document out from Rome, and we have to do now that that's come out uh, uh, an extra year of formation. Uh, so if you want to get in, get in now. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have uh, uh, an extra year coming down uh, soon, which which will be okay. But um, so the, a man who graduates from college uh, goes to what's called pre theology, and so that's two years. And so two years of pre-theology, again, a good taste of seminary. And then they then they go four years of major theology afterwards. Uh, so a man who has graduated from high school, they go to four years of college seminary. Sometimes we call that minor seminary, but I, I prefer to use college seminary. And so they go to four years of college. And then after they graduate from college, they do four years of theological studies. And so... Um, just depending on if you're a high school or college graduate, whether you do pre-theology or if you do college seminary. So that's kind of the the um, the kind of steps that they go through. So it seems like a long time, but um, it goes by very, very fast. And you learn so much and you grow as a, a Christian, you grow as a man, you grow uh, in a lot of ways. And, and we say, you know, conforming our lives uh, to Christ, that there's that, that, that way, and that's what seminary formation is meant to do. Yes, I think that's wonderful. And it's today, I went through the seminary 54 years ago. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> anyway, but it is so different today. And I know that they, they go to the Holy Land maybe for a month, and, and then they'll go and they have different experiences. And they tell me about these experiences. I'm going, wow, we didn't do that. But that is amazing. So they really get a taste of the world, and, and, and they, they go into a parish. They'll help out in a parish. So I think that's amazing. And then there's also a follow-up, too. Once a man's ordained, uh, he's not, goodbye, that's it, baby. No, uh, there, there's a, isn't there a follow-up program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a special program for our junior clergy. So our, our first five years of after ordination, um, to kind of help a man transition into priesthood and to have a support system. And so uh, we have a vicar for our junior clergy is, is Father Dan Kirby and does a great job with our, our junior clergy. And so, yeah, we don't just leave a guy and say, oh, good luck, you know, you're ordained. Because the interesting thing is in the seminary, you have all these structures to help you succeed. And once you're ordained, you don't right. quite have that. As you know, my That's senior right. kind of... You're on your own, yeah, You're on your own. And so, and so we try to... 
you know, help these help these men and transition. And so I think a lot of our people too, this if you're listening it to kind of, you know, uh help our help our priests and pray for them obviously, but you know, if if they need some help or need some encouragement, always, you know, people oh. are, are are very good about that. But just a reminder on that as well. So, oh, that's good. Sure, and one of these young men, there, these f- five new ones just ordained, really wonderful young men. I am so impressed. But like you just said, Father, I think it's important that people say, you know, Father, that was a good homily, or what? I mean, if it was good, don't you know? I mean, tell them the truth, you know, whatever. But uh, Father, can I help you? Uh, uh, or whatever, but I think just encouraging these young men, or encouraging all priests, you know, but I, they, they need a shot in the arm. They're just getting going. Uh, and also, um, too, it's okay to, if you if there's somebody in the parish, a young man there, uh, you, you you think maybe God might be calling him, you might, you might you maybe say a word to him sometime or other, just say hi, I just, you know, I've been praying for you lately, been watching you, and I don't know, sometime you might think about the, the, the priesthood. That might be it. That might be the ticket. That might be the bolt of lightning, you know? So anyway, gee, that's great. So, yeah, folks, do pray for vocations. Uh, Pray every day. We we need priests. We need good priests. (laughs) And we got them, but we need more of them. So anyway, Father, thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you for being here today and for all the good hard work you do to build up our priesthood in the Des Moines diocese. It'll pay off great dividends. So anyway, that's it. Iowa Catholic Radio, thank you for being with us today. We've been with Father Ross Parker, the Director of Vocations for the Des Moines Diocese. God bless you. Have a great week. Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Bugnano. Listen online at iowacatholicradio.com or on the Iowa Catholic Radio app.